Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and God is seeing me through this pod. Barry's here to tell us why promises to the Israelites are still true to us today. But before we get into extra details of a vague story, now that they've raised their fist against the Lord's throne, let's welcome in our favorite Amalekites, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. No. Good day. No. Marin's disappointed. Why? I have not raised my fist, and I am not an Amalekite. (laughs) Watch your mouth. You shall not pass. (laughs) Yes. Hoping you grab that one. Yeah. Yes. Little uh, little Gandalf. Yeah. Action. Well, and the Gandalf wasn't okay. So the video that went to the campuses did not have that in it. Right. Sorry. You did mention Gandalf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just getting really into it. But you did not do did the you impersonation. Catch the the thing I said. I got caught up. I think it might have been at eleven. I was explaining how yes. Jew, Jewish children. Wait. Did you see that Wait, one? Were you talking? What was this? Torah. Torah. Yes, Torah. Yes, oh yes. yeah. Was that at eleven? I don't know. Whatever yeah, it was. was. At eleven. And. I, and <laughs> And I, I said that, and then some people started chuckling, and I was like, actually, no, I'm sorry. That had nothing to do with the Japanese invasion of Pearl Harbor. And most people looked at me like, what? Yeah, I, have no, I didn't know <laughs> what you meant did either. Did you just think everyone would know? Of, no, I just thought that's why they were laughing at you? I knew that's why some were laughing at me. Anyone over, like, age 50, the movie Tora 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 was, like, the Pearl Harbor oh. movie that came out. Now, I'm a huge World War II is. nerd, yes, so Indeed, I know these things. Are seen the movie but I just this is why it is good to listen to the sermon twice yeah. <laughs> there you, go. I, you never know which version you get extras yep. that's right you just anyway all that to say i just that was and then i got a couple chuckles and i was like those are the jokes that you love when you yep. get like seven people and they're like with you a hundred percent you're like yes i think my favorite part was that you said okay i've never said it before now i've said it and i'll never say it again yeah <laughs> yeah um guys yes we are doing our first back-to-back pod in a long time. It is. <laughs> it's been a while. We're on a roll. We had like, so we're, we're encroaching upon a hundred episodes. We are like crawling there, but we're getting Spitting there. Distance. We're like, how close are we? 96 or 97. What are we going to do? We got to do something uh, cool. I don't know. What do, what like do you want to do? A clip show. I'm going to stab myself with a machete and then I will die. That's it. A clip Sounds show. Sounds fun. We could do <laughs> a clip show. A clip clips. show. Uh, yeah, that might be good. Do you think you have the the bandwidth to get all your no. favorite clips together? It no. would be. It would. The pod would last about a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here's what we need. Someone, friend of the pod. We need someone to go back and listen to all 96 episodes yeah. and find your favorite moments from 96 hours or so. Whoa. <laughs> of between Sundays, and then uh, send us your clips. Yeah, that I'm sure we'll. Get tons of emails <laughs> flooding our inbox. Oh yeah. Um, what's new, guys? What's happening? I was thinking about this all day. I'm like, oh. what? Tyler's going to ask me this. Yeah. And I got to think of something to say. And I, I don't. I've just been. I've been pretty busy with work, which is lame. But I will say this. Do you remember? <laughs> think back, friends. Do you mm. remember when I was still looking for a house and how longingly I thought and talked about? permaculture and woodworking and having our own space and all that stuff. You remember that by any chance? The years of talking about that. Anyway, I had this mental image of what my life would be like when we finally had a house and I was right. How often does that happen? I'm a grown up boy. I am a grown up boy and I'm having a blast. Like I haven't played video games since we moved. I haven't even thought about it because I'm coming home and I'm like digging holes in the backyard to put pear trees in and I'm like, what are you going to do when it's freezing wood stuff? Someone oh, right. keep people keep giving me things. Someone gave me a table saw. Someone gave me a miter saw. And someone's like, "Do you have a heated garage?" Well, no, but 
th- this past weekend, I was talking to one of our production volunteers. He's running on adrenaline. He doesn't need heat. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, he said, I've got, I, I've been trying, he said, is your shop heated? I said, no, it's just a garage. And, and he's like, I've been trying to get rid of my old workshops, like he- heater. Do you want it? And I was like, yeah. And it's like a full on like furnace system. So yes. anyway, who knows? All so you're say, pumped and living the dream. I'm just, truly. yeah. And there are now 12 rabbits in our house. Wait, we have, what happened? Well, there's an entire litter of baby bunnies. Yeah, six of them. Like five. Yeah. Yeah. So six. we've got Humphrey and Rue. Yeah. Bria and her babies, her six babies. <laughs> Connie, who's one of our foster buns that's been, she's just an eternal yeah. foster. And I love squirrel noises. Uh, our very own Kovu and Wilbur, our very first fosters, are back. Oh, they're back. Whoa. And they're very heavy set. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, their adopter had major allergies apparently and oh, she ended no. up having to return them and, and give them back. obese? They're large and in charge. Oh my word. Oh, no. So we're get, we're putting them on a pretty strict diet. Yeah, and, man. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, no 12, 12 rabbits buns. and two humans in this little 12 house. 12 so rabbits. It's too much. And the, the babies will be gone soon because they can't all stay together once they get mature. But Does Olivia agree it's too much or is this like a we're point both, of contention? No, we, we love it, but we're also both kind of feeling like it's, it's like at least 10 minutes every morning just going around and making sure everybody's like got hay and water. <laughs> oh so, you know, it's like part of the morning routine now and oh, it's fine. But all that to say, feels a little clammy in here. <laughs> all that to say it, life with the house and a property is, is exactly what I was hoping for. And I'm having a good time. Update so. on the dining room table. Not a lot has changed. I have now flattened one side of the finished tabletop. And started sanding it. It's a lot of work, but now I got to flip it over. And the other side is the actual official top that I'm going to do a really nice job flattening. And then I have to sand it for the rest of my life because <laughs> it is a large, it's like, it's like 80 inches by 40 inches. So it's a large table. Anyway. So how many irons do you have in the fire currently? Sounds you're, like a lot. You're digging holes. Uh, well, I finished your plant pear trees. I planted my last tree, the last few trees from the Brambleberry place that I talked about a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. I those are all week. planted. That was last that was week. Just last week. <laughs> That's been a long this week in permaculture. Anyway, it's all yeah. planted, and now I'm working on kind of getting these little metal chain or whatever's around fences around them so they don't get eaten by deer. And then, yes. um, but that's almost done. And then now I'm moving more onto woodworking. And Liv really wants a hanging like a, one of those hanging shelves that doesn't have any, it just, it's a floating shelf. Yes. Oh yeah. Those about. things are yeah. awesome. So I'm making a floating shelf. So for, it looks like her books are floating on the yep. wall. Yep. Super cool. And then I'll get back to the table after that. So lots of irons, lots of irons. Marin, what's up with you? What's going on? Lots of irons. Yeah. Of a different kind, I suppose. All right. So you've got kids of the trick or treating age. No, I surely do not. Oh yes, you no. do. Last year. Last year I told oh, we're too old now? that this is probably going to be her last year. She was in eighth grade. Mm. Do ninth graders go out trick or treating? Well, what do ninth I, graders ironically. do? Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. So right. it's over? I think so. I think she's of the age of the, the school party or, yeah. you know, things like that. So I know they had a, so it's not a big week for you guys then. I think it's it's a little bit of a melancholy week. Yeah. <laughs> Desi did get to go to I think it was Crew had a party at the Fishers High School uh, she dress up? location. She did. She was digging through the garage last minute and found a pumpkin costume and ran out the door. But All right. I mean she got to have her her nod to Halloween. Yeah. But I think the days of going door to door are over. Wow. Are, are you and Jed big like couples costume people? Oh, 
Yes and no. Like we used to do it more when the kids were little. I, uh-huh. I think we're all at this like weird what do we do now stage right. of life. Yeah. Like are we are we still gonna do this? Are we yeah. doing this? Is this weird or cool? I can't <laughs> I don't know. Jed um, shows up in a stay puffed costume. He's like, Where are you guys at? Is, isn't this cool? Like, Jed. I thought you were gonna be the Ghostbusters. <laughs> no. Yeah, we'll like hand out candy. I don't ever wanna be the house with like my lights off. Like, oh, that's definitely my goal. Really? I want, I mean, <laughs> well, it used to be, but now that Milo's running around, it's we're, we're having fun this year. Yeah, I think it's fun. I like when the kids come by the house. We live kind of on a cul-de-sac, so we don't get a lot of foot traffic, but mm-hmm. I do find we, it fun. I We found out. We asked our neighbors, and apparently no kids come down our street. Because oh. it's, it's kind of like there's only houses on one side, and it's a cornfield on the other, <laughs> and like the houses are far back from the road. It's not, it's not like ideal trick-or-treating, yeah. so yeah, sad. Well- Grace Church has had their trunk or treat by now. Yeah, we did. A, we did yeah, the one forty six street one last night or this past weekend, and then North Indy did one with the Y a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, um, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, you, you, you and got, Olivia, you there? guys make it. It no, was really I'll tell you cool. why in a second. But <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was really really cool. Uh, uh, we had look, like fifteen hundred, two thousand people ish come through. It felt like more than that. The line was like a ra- yeah. literally wrapped around the building. Wow, it was incredible. Wow, Liv and I dressed up as farmers, so we dressed up as ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> that was the goal. So I was going to ask you about this. Were you handing out like permaculture plants, <laughs> seeds, or something, or were you handing out actual candy? Uh, we handed out actual candy. Okay. But- the joke that I was making originally was we grew this ourselves. <laughs> the Skittles? We didn't. Yeah, we did not. Taste the rainbow. <laughs> Your son is of yeah. the ripe young Halloween oh, yeah. age. He doesn't really He's get it. He just likes... Going. he. So he participated in the North Indy trunk or treat uh-huh. a couple weeks ago, and he dressed up like Woody from Toy Story, which he's been a fan of since June. Uh, which is the longest thing he's ever been into, June to it. October. Yeah, that's that'd be like equivalent of like oh, us being into something for like years. six years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's Woody this year, and um, we did not get to go to the 146th Street Trunk or Treat. Uh, my wife went out of town Saturday night, and so it was me and Milo at home, and put Milo to bed. I need to think about how I'm going to say this. Wow. <laughs> uh, all right. I put him to bed and an hour later was when the floodgates opened of like sickness Oh boy! Uh-oh. for hours. Okay. He's never had like a stomach bug, but uh-huh. he got a stomach bug. Uh-huh. And How old is he? He's two. Yep. Um, and it's not like baby stomach bug. It's like yeah. almost adult. Like <laughs> you're realizing, oh, he doesn't chew his oranges that well. Yeah. Kind of stomach bug. Sure. <laughs> uh, and so... An hour after he goes to bed, he's getting sick in his crib <clears throat> and he carries a blanket around like his like blankie. We call it a kiki. So uh, he's carry- he, th- he th- throws up on his kiki and so I, that triggers the, okay, we got to get you out of here. We got to wash everything. Uh, we got to wash your kiki, but you have to stay up because you're not going to, he's not going to bed now without a kiki. So right. it's like 930 and he's awake and he, he's not feeling well. So he was like, I want to stay with you. So I'm like, all right, buddy, we're going to sleep on this couch. We're just going to lay here and try to go to sleep. So I laid down with him uh, to go to sleep. And we also have this bulldog, Judy. All right. And she, I don't know, friends of the pod, if you have a bulldog, you can relate. But this dog snores 
whether she's sleeping or awake. And so she is in her dog bed across the room and she is snoring. And Milo, I guess, has never tried to fall asleep to the sound of Judy snoring. But he he was asked to try to fall asleep. And uh, about five minutes in, he's, he's doing this. He's telling Judy to be quiet. Stop talking like that. (laughs) Judy, stop talking like that. He's telling Judy to stop talking like that. Stop talking. So he was sick all night and uh, Lauren wasn't home. And so I basically called Sunday off. We didn't go to church. We didn't go to trunk or treat. He probably wouldn't have been allowed at either one of those things. Right. He would have spread um, the plague. Yeah. But he's he's better now. And I think I've passed the window of like getting whatever he had. But man. Wow. <laughs> big ups to parents who have to deal with this alone. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Sick kids or whatever. I can't. I can't do that again. <laughs> I can't do that again. Don't That's worry. Funny. It'll it'll never happen yeah, again. I'm sure, I'm sure it's all easy peasy Jane here. Jane was around the same age the first time he ever got a stomach bug. Really? And it was just like, where did this come from? Yeah. No good. Yeah. The good news is Lauren's leaving town for unlimited amount of time, any moment, because her friend's having a baby. And so I will be solo dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure it won't ever happen. Well, and now that you've made it through this, like, yeah, I can do anything. solo dad, it's going to be a breeze. Friends of the pod, if you have any solo parent tips or like, what do you do when it's nothing but you and your kids for a, a really extended amount of time? <laughs> if you got tips, man, Tyler B at J, uh, gracechurch.us. I need some tips. Backup Kiki. <laughs> there's, a, there's a tip. Well, that yeah. was one of the takeaways. We have two Kikis in existence. Uh-huh. And my takeaway was we need to stock the shelves <laughs> with, with Kiki. Kikis. Yeah. It may or may not work. Desi has a pink teddy bear. It's a little, it's hardly pink anymore. It's mostly just a filth gray. She has <laughs> loved this bear and she yeah. still, she'd kill me for saying this, but she still sleeps with that bear. Um, but she called it pinky bacon. Uh, yeah. This bear went everywhere with us back in my touring days. It went all over and we, we couldn't lose pinky bacon. Only one time <laughs> she left it at church and the church custodian threw it in the garbage. <gasps> and that meant that the two parents, me and Jed were digging through the trash looking for pinky bacon. But I found another one. <laughs> oh no. I found a so you didn't find, you didn't find pinky bacon? Oh no, no. We, we got her back. Okay. Oh, you did. But it, it was, was after that, that we were like, Hey, we've got to have a backup. Uh-huh. But the backup was despair. Because right. it was pink. Despised. Right. Loathed. Because yeah. it just was not the real deal. Yeah. Right. If he's got a dirty kiki and we present him with a clean kiki, like, hey, buddy, let's take that one away because we got to wash it. Here's a clean one. He does not want the clean one. No. He wants the dirty one. Mm-hmm. But dad, this one smells like filth. Comfort yeah. filth. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's what's going on with me. We're doing trick-or-treating this week. Looking forward to that. Um, I think I'm going to take Milo out and Lauren's going to pass out candy we're at a new house this year too for trick-or-treating yeah, so that's right. fun. it'll be fun do you have a lot of kids in your neighborhood oh yeah a lot of young families so i expect heavy traffic that'll be what do you do with all the candy when you get it like we used to just kind of on the sly like throw most of it away it's like the candy what that kid needs that much candy milo gets like after the trunk or treat lauren has already eaten milo's trunk or treat candy <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> so Can I- that's what happens to it can I ask one question? <laughs> yeah. Maybe you guys can help me out here. Um, so the 
kids' costumes at Trunk or Treat were great, of course. A lot of repeat costumes, you know. Uh, what was Cap- hot this year? Captain America, Iron Man, oh, yeah. Black Panther, Power Rangers. That's that's all classic, normal stuff. But I saw like 12 Harry Potters. Oh, yeah. A Why resurgence. is Harry Potter still It's a, a thing, thing, man. Still? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Didn't the like last movie come out like a while ago? Yeah, but it's like... Crimes it's of like, Grindelwald or whatever the new well, the spinoffs those are not as yeah good. those are I don't know it's like it's the whole young adults like this is the classic young adults book now let's oh. read this and I don't know if schools make kids read it Do you or think not it's but because parents are dressing their kids as their favorite thing yeah maybe I I don't know I was just curious I had no yeah, clue. yeah maybe their parents are really into Harry Potter <laughs> yeah <laughs> depending on the age of the kid like if it's a toddler that toddler yeah. probably no is these not were like these are like red. seven or eight year olds so oh. I don't know. Jaden and Dez always picked their own costumes, and I did everything in the world that I could to oblige and create their costumes for them. I think notable ones were Desi as William Shakespeare. I made <laughs> yeah. like I sewed an Elizabethan collar for her. Nice. That girl. It was amazing. I think that same year, Jaden went by request as Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Did anybody know what he was? Um, adults did, yeah. Okay. I mean, these were like school parties. They went to a Lutheran school, and every year we had a hallelujah party Ooh. in the basement <laughs> of the Lutheran school. Did his shirt just say born in the USA or something? No, he had like the brown leather jacket, the white t-shirt, the like bandana hanging out of his yeah. scarf. It's one All of right. my favorite pictures of him that exists. Yeah. But the, the Hobbit was also a fun costume to create. It's a good one. You shall not pass. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, Barry. Yeah. We just wrapped up a sermon series. Sure did. Four weeks. Called uh, Into the Wilderness. And uh, you wrapped it up by giving a great sermon. And I want to talk about that now. So, for anybody who may have missed it or wasn't there, can you kind of give us the big idea of what you wanted people to take away from? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So this week we looked at the end of the wilderness story, at least part one. They get to Mount Sinai, but right as they're, uh, they get the water out of the rock and then all of a sudden the Israelites are attacked by the Amalekites. And uh, the whole story basically- Is that how you pronounce it? I'd say Amalekites. Amalekites. Really? That's how the Americans would pronounce it. Well, before I heard you say it, I I thought it was uh, Amalekites. Where's the O? Huh? I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that, there an O in there? Uh, Amalekites? I don't know. I've I don't I've never heard Poignant. it pronounced another way. <laughs> Poignant. <laughs> so anyway, okay. they get attacked by the Amalekites. Yeah. Uh, and th- there's this little thing. Moses goes up on a hill and he he holds up the staff of God, the staff that he's been holding on to through this whole wilderness and uh, whenever he holds it up, the Israelites gain the advantage over the Amalekites. And whenever he l- lowers it, they lose. They start to lose the battle. And so yeah. he keeps his arms raised, but then he gets tired. So his buddies, Aaron and her come and they hold up his arms and he's able Who's to- Who's her? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, that, no, nobody knows for sure. Uh, <laughs> I was going to give you some fun facts, but I'll do it later. from the ranks to be yeah. close buddy. He might've been Moses' Moses's brother's brother-in-law. I'm predicting that's going to be my future favorite soundbite. Who's her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, the long, long story short, they hold his arms up and he's able to keep his, keep the staff raised until sunset. And 
the whole thing, apart from just being like a really powerful kind of poetic moment is a beautiful reminder of the bigger truth. The big idea that I was talking about, which is that not only is God with us in the wilderness, but we have our community as well. And sometimes we, we need to rely on others to trust with us when mm. our trust in God falters, when, when we yeah. don't have the strength to, tr- to, to keep trusting. Sometimes yeah. we have to rely on our community to trust with us. Yeah. That was basically where I went with it. And then at the end, we kind of did something kind of a little unique and awkward. And I'm, I'm curious to uh, hear how it went at the other campuses. Um, but I asked everybody who was in the middle of a really deep wilderness to stand and have people around them stand with them. And I asked if they would be willing to lift their arms and let the people around them hold their arms as I prayed over them. And just to kind of symbolically act out the fact that you are not alone, that we are with you in this wilderness. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, it was, I, I I can get into it if you want, but I was, I was going through something in my own spirit. And by the end of the five o'clock, as I was praying the five o'clock service, I was like, I had tears streaming down my face. It was a really holy moment for me. Um, Just, especially just looking out and seeing Mm -hmm. these, these people being supported like that physically. And did you just resonate with how they might be feeling or what, what was going on? Well, so I, long story short, I was, I had had a really rough emotional week. It was a roller coaster week. And, I had been feeling coming into the weekend, um, just, I I don't know. I was feeling insecure about where grace is attendance wise and financially. And I was, I was finding myself feeling like, uh, I was, there was doubt and frustration and all this stuff. And I came into the weekend and I basically, God was just like, Hey, this is your flock. This is who I've brought to you, mm. lead them and, you know, shepherd them. And, that was like leading right into the five o'clock service. And so as I'm standing up there saying, if you're in deep wilderness, please stand. And like five or six people stood. Mm -hmm. And then I kept describing if you're in this kind of wilderness and then the lights dimmed and like 10 other people stood up or something. There were a lot of folks at five o'clock that stood up and I just, I immediately lost it. Cause I was like this, look at all these people in such need of a Mm -hmm. community to trust with them. And so, Long story short, I, I was very emotional and I, I was, I got a little emotional at nine and 11 too, but, but at five o'clock in particular, yeah. um, I was, yeah, I was, I was a bit of a wreck. <laughs> yeah. That's the video that went out to the campuses Yeah, and uh, a peek behind the curtain. We have what we call a talk through when we're rehearsing Sunday morning, just like, okay, here's what's coming in the service today. Right. And, uh, when David Cottle was explaining that moment and what that was going to look like, cause it was a little bit of the, uh, it was a slight departure from what we had. Yeah, that was my bad. I, it, it was. Hey, I'm not worried about it. We, <laughs> we brought you here, Barry, to the talk to the process. Yeah. Why do you do and this? And it's the best thing ever. But no, was. I wasn't worried about that at all. I was worried about where I was personally. Mm. Because this is maybe the second time in the last maybe two or three months. It wasn't here. I was hired to uh, sing for a women's conference locally. And they told me, hey, we want you to, uh, when you're not singing and, or even when you are singing, just be engaged, be involved. This conference is for you. Don't just think that you're, you know, a hired gun. Um, by all means, we want to be a blessing to you. So at one point I wasn't singing and I had a, probably a solid hour before I knew I needed to go back on stage. And they were in a moment of this women's conference that was 
really heavy and they were talking about pain and hurt and kind of wilderness and um, really what they were talking was he will give you his beauty for your ashes. He will trade mm. you beauty for ashes. Yeah. And of course my mom is sick and everybody knows I'm going through a lot. Um, and so I kind of let myself go there with this group of women in this moment of, they came out um, with bouquets of roses, the women who were leading this conference, and they were going to hand a white rose to each woman in attendance saying that that was symbolic of beauty for ashes. Mm. And so I was sitting near the front, I think I was in the front row, um, and I had a friend with me from the Fishers campus. Um, I invited her to just be my buddy for this little event. And someone came up to me with a bouquet of white roses and I was really in a place to receive. Mm. And they said, hey, would you hand a white rose out to every person in your row, look them in the eye, read their name and tell them that Jesus <laughs> loves them. And I just- Believe God! I swallowed my pain and I went and served everyone in my row. And that's what life is like. Wow. Mm. So when I heard that you were going here in your message- Again, it was the same feeling of, okay, this moment isn't for me mm. because I have to get back on stage and sing three songs right? and then I can go home and, and have a moment, but right. this isn't for me. So I was already kind of in a struggle <laughs> yeah. before we got to that point in your message. And when you did call people to stand, I, I reached this point where I thought if I do not stand, I'm a liar. Mm -hmm. I'm clearly in a wilderness. Yeah. So if I don't stand, I'm not being genuine. Yeah. And so I did. And I did have my husband on one side and um, my twin, Lauren Russell, mm -hmm. she was visiting and she sat on the other side of me. And so it was a good what moment. What do you mean she's and visiting? She goes here. No, she was visiting uh, the Fishers campus because oh. she goes to the 146 yeah. campus. Um, so she was visiting me for a Sunday and it was the perfect Sunday for her to be there. Oh my goodness. Mm perfect Sunday. And then we hung out all day and cooked. She is my right arm. <laughs> she is. But yeah, thank you for that moment. Um, I know that it, it did take bravery on people's parts to stand up um, yeah. and to let themselves be upheld, you know? Yeah. So. I had one guy afterwards, a friend of mine, he told me, yeah, I was too embarrassed to stand, but mm -hmm. I should have stood. I, it was a lot to ask. It's a very awkward thing. So. Yeah, it's out it's out of the box. Yeah. But I agree with you, it was very powerful. Yeah. Um so I wasn't at service, but I heard it. <clears throat> and two things stood out to me. One, um the emo I was gonna ask you about the emotion because that was clear that it was a personal thing for you, Barry. Yeah. Um so I want I wanted to hear about that. The other thing is, I mean it wasn't a short prayer. So thank God somebody was holding up somebody, everybody's right. arms because like that was intentional. I probably could hold it up for about a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, yeah, I gotta get, I, I gotta get some help. So yeah. yeah, I felt the freedom to, to have a longer prayer yeah. because I knew exactly <laughs> yeah. what was going yeah. on. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the Amalekites. <laughs> No, they're not in my notes. Uh, no, I want to, I want to, um, so the end of the sermon was fantastic. Like how we got to the end was fantastic. What I always have questions about, and it's a BYOB thing, but yeah. bring your own Bible. Thing. Yeah. 
what I always have questions about and what I imagine friends of the pod have questions about. Cause where you started the sermon was like, we're talking about this guy named Malik. And then we go back to Abraham and a guy named Jacob who changed his name to Israel. Yep. And then there's families and promises made. And yep. by the way, these promises are for you. Right. And so I'm thinking to myself, man, how am I supposed to know? That? <laughs> like, unless Barry tells me, am I, how, yeah. how am I supposed to know that? But at the end of the sermon, I thought to myself, this is, this is one of those sermons that, uh, where, whether we can interpret the scripture ourselves, hearing a pastor call a congregation to, to rise up and like care for one another kind of was the point to mm. me. Um, and that's the whole purpose of what we even call community at church. And you, you, talked about this, but, uh, whether I could interpret that myself or not all of a sudden became not the issue, but it was, um, being in a moment, even though I wasn't present physically being in a moment where a leader or a pastor was calling people to stand up and support and care for one another. That, I mean, that was the best. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But the interpretation stuff was pretty, pretty neat. Yeah. If I do say so myself, I enjoy all that. So, (laughs) how am I supposed to know all this? Like, do I just need to trust you or? Well, no, you should research it yourself, but it, you can find these things in all the resources that we've talked about when we did the BYOB series last year, you know, you can look it up in commentaries or, or even just get a study Bible. Um, a lot of this study though, it was actually, it was me doing cross references, Mm -hmm. searching for words like Amalek and Midian Mm -hmm. to try to like, piece together the specific references. Mm-hmm. Um, I was tuned into the connection between the, uh, the Amalekites and the Midianites and the Israelites through a, through a commentary that I was looking at. But then the rest of the research was just me putting pieces together and going back and being like, Oh, that was, so that was, uh, Jacob's, you know, n- nephew, half nephew. And that was, yeah. So it was, yeah. it, it was really just using the Bible and looking at the Bible and yeah. you can use all the different tools on, online or whatever to do word searches. And so, and isn't it cool when you make those connections? Yeah, absolutely. That's why it's worth doing a little bit of the extra legwork. Right. Because you, you get these moments of like, Oh, like these aha moments when you can make the connection that, Oh, cause I, I agree you're reading through and where did this army come from? Right. The who's the what sites? Yeah. 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 What's yeah. that about? Where'd that come from? Yeah. And, uh, and you talked about that. Like we have those questions, right? Who's this? Um, <laughs> who's her, <laughs> but you said, you know, ancient writers didn't feel like that was necessary. And the people that were reading it weren't asking those types of questions. Well, yeah. Or they were intentionally, and I'm, I'm hinting at this. I think they were intentionally writing in very sparse language mm-hmm. on purpose. Like when you look at the Hebrew, it's just like something that might be translated as a full like sentence with Dave's if, here. It's Dave. Wow. Come on, Dave. It's my dad. Come on in. We're not Facebooking, so. Okay. <laughs> we can edit whatever you say out. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Make yourself at home. This this guy. Oh, here I am. Hi, everybody. Hey, Dave. Wow. Here he is. I just, what a surprise. I just busted in because yeah, I haven't been here in a long time. Uh, how are you? What were you saying? I, I wasn't saying we're talking I was, about the sermon. I was just saying it was that good. Hebrew writers <laughs> it was good. intentionally use sparse words because it forces us yeah. to meditate on it. Mm-hmm. That was all I was saying. Do you think there will ever be like, I, I don't know if anybody knows in this room, like when was the point where we were like, all right, 
We need more details. <laughs> In our writing style? Yeah. I, and will there be a point where we're like, all right, enough with the details. Let's go back to the sparse thing. I, I kind of see that there already like it's just gonna be are emojis. camps that are like that. There's, you know, there's poetry and there's music in particular yeah. that is a bit more flowery and descriptive. And yeah. then there's stuff that's super vague on purpose. And that's the stuff I love the most as yeah. a musician. Yeah. I like when I don't know exactly what you're talking about and I can kind of make <laughs> inferences. Yeah. Well, if you look at how like histories were written, over mm-hmm. time, if you look at the Assyrians, like it was all just like vicious propaganda by the king. It's like, and I went and I salted the earth and I murdered them all and I beheaded the king and I, but like, you shall not pass. Yeah, pretty wow. much, like Three that times. was how they did history. And then you get a little bit, you get a little bit later in in time, and you know you get some some writers that try to give a little bit more facts. And it was in the year of this that this happened. And then this was the response of this king. But then you get to the Greek writers like Herodotus, mm-hmm. these historians, and all of a sudden they're adding intrigue and they're telling stories of characters, motivations, and they're bringing in colorful characters. And so it, you do know the answer to my question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. The answer is yeah. yes. So yes. But, yeah. but all that to say that they still didn't, they still didn't give details like the ones that we would want. Yeah. Um, like Herodotus telling this, the history of the battle of marathon because he was telling it to people. He was telling people the story who probably were there who fought in it. Yeah. He just didn't feel the need. So like mm. he's giving all of these like great details about the <laughs> Persian empire and yeah. how, you know, how uh, Darius came to power and all this stuff. And then it's like, and then we fought on the field of marathon <laughs> oh, no. and you're like, wait, what? Go back. Yeah, that's I want to know. know. How, did, yeah. how did hoplites fight? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, and you say that a lot when you are helping us navigate the old Testament in particular, well, you'll say things like this would have made total sense yes. to the ancient Israelites. Yeah. They would have all known right. what he was mm-hmm. talking about. Right. Exactly. Anyway, all that to say, I don't think it was till the enlightenment that we started saying, hold up, if we're talking about history, we need to have all the facts. Yeah. We need to have all the details and we need to be accurate. And yeah. Anyway. And now we're in postmodernism where everyone is like, it's not possible to have accurate facts because everything that we say is being tinged by our own narrative and worldview. Fake story. news. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> uh, Dave, he's hey, here. Let's talk to you. Nothing. You're just hanging? Just, I just got done doing a calling quilt with somebody oh, cool. and my oh. brain is fried. Yeah. <laughs> fried. So you came here? It's so a wonderful have... thing, but I, I had to be in a comfort place. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. So thank you that's for a, the... That's a, a long process. Two, at least two hours usually, yeah. right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I very set, for very first, set through the first, first half of it. First so. part of it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Mm. We got there. Did you? Uh, this doesn't happen very... I'm sorry. This is completely off subject, but... Go for it. Maybe no, it'll we, tie uh, We got to the end and he said, here's what I really... And passionate about, and I thought, well, okay, here it comes. Yeah, and boom, he laid it out better than I could have ever described. Mm-hmm. So it was just awesome. An, did he yeah. already know that going into it, or I think he did. Now that yeah. he, well, let's put it this way, he had a great sense. Like a lot of many, not everybody, but some people have a sense of where they they should be, mm-hmm. and they just need somebody to say yeah mm. and yeah. endorse it. So that they can feel confident and not mm-hmm. feel, a lot of people feel guilty when it comes to their calling. Really? Yeah. It's weird. Like I can, I, that's really something I should be concerned about or I, I'm okay. Oh, yeah. I'd be okay or, if I give my life to that. Right. Yes. Right. Mm. Yes, of course it is. Anyway, good to see you guys. I just want to say yeah. hello. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> it's good to see you. We'll edit all this out, but it was yeah. good to see you. <laughs> Why are you editing <laughs> no, out? No, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so 
Dave, you didn't preach at all this series, did you? Nope. Wow. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Are you coming back for the new one? Mm-hmm. I'll be the back. Good Life Technology? Week, week after next, talking about um, self-image. Wow. That's right. And Dave, you're pretty much only active on Twitter. I've seen you dabble Instagram, in Instagram a little Instagram bit. Instagram Especially with the grandson. Although I don't understand the Instagram-ish. No? No, I don't understand it. There's well, like, help why, I asked that, why do you have 30 hundred hashtag things? Great question. And gotta, he tried to explain it to me and I kind of nodded like I understood. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, tell me if I'm wrong. Sometimes hashtags have a purpose. Yeah. And sometimes they're just to be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And or funny. Right. And or poignant. Right. They do serve yeah. a purpose in... If people are like searching for right. a certain phrase, then if that hashtag has it, it might show like your a picture. Group, you know, yeah. like my sister-in-law just posted some joke about like, you ever shop at Aldi? You know, mm -hmm. how you got to bag your own groceries at every <laughs> Aldi across yeah. America. Yeah, yeah, it confuses me she too. She posted something totally sarcastic on purpose about how, oh, that bagger at Aldi, she does a terrible job. She's referring to herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she put like the hashtag like Aldi something, whatever. 5,000 times I think this thing got shared. Like Whoa. my sister-in-law went viral. Just like that. <laughs> Aldi. Yeah, so... 15 it, seconds of I fame. I mean, the hashtag <laughs> was created for searching, but people use it for snark. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mostly snark. Yeah. I use it for snark. That's Twitter. Twitter is yeah. snark. Twitter <laughs> should be called we snark. We should explain why... Can I give the preview for what's coming up next now since we're already Do talking it. about yeah. it? And you yeah, know, I feel like that. I have completely derailed your conversation. No, it's fine. What's new? I mean, <laughs> between Sundays, it's like we derail here. <laughs> yeah. What's coming uh, up? What's, what are well, we we're starting a new series on technology and like how to be a, a healthy person in the digital age, all from five biblical principles. Um, so that's that's all. That's yeah. the answer. I just wanted to say, why are we talking about social media and self-image? Yeah. yeah, it's all part of that bigger series. Speaking of social media, mm. we went to the Pacers game last week and, you know, we brought Milo. And Milo just goes because he wants to see Boomer and Boomer found him. But what we didn't know is that the NBA is having like a mascot Hall of Fame vote happening right now. And Boomer wants to get in the Hall of Fame. And so my like Boomer went over. He found Milo, who's wearing a Boomer hat. He picks up Milo, starts dancing with them. They get on the big screen. But Boomer's account tweeted the GIF. <gasps> GIF? either <laughs> of him dancing Hiff. with Milo to basically say, and it said, you know, Boomer's number one fan. They so speaking of viral without yeah. your permission, oh, yeah, that's, that's that, big money, bro. Infringement, but <laughs> we were pumped. That's awesome. Yeah. It was night of his life. Got to meet Boomer. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Dave. I'm leaving. No, you're good, man. You can leave, but you can stay. No, you're too. still talking about the sermon, which was excellent, by the way. Thanks. Yeah. It was phenomenal. I was, I was saying um, before you walked in, I was like, throughout the sermon, Barry was like taking us down the trail of like interpretation, interpreting scripture. And I was like, how am I ever supposed to do this on my own? But then when we got to the part where it's like, oh, yeah, and God has promises for you, stand up, lift your hands, everybody surround that person yeah. in the wilderness and pray. I was like, oh, well, that's the point. Mm -hmm. Like the leader yeah. of this church is calling. It's co his congregation to rise up and be community with one another. Like that's, that's the gold right there. It yeah. doesn't matter if I'm interpreting it myself or not. Yeah. And I, 
uh, looking around where I was during worship and watching people holding other people's arms up. Mm. Yeah. Of course, it was a metaphor. It was a symbol. Mm-hmm. But it, what I, and I, of course, the people whose arms are being, there were tears everywhere. People were sobbing yeah. everywhere because whoever gets a chance to have somebody just come around you and say, I'm going to hold your arms up and I'm with you and this is hard and we're not solving your problem, but we're helping you. Mm-hmm. We're helping you through it. It was powerful. Yeah, I thought that was really good. It was Mary. a powerful moment. I think especially in light of where we've been the last three weeks in a row, I think this was the first sermon in this wilderness series that didn't involve mass amounts of complaining right. from the Israelites. Right. So there's like a wrong way or a not so resourceful way of going through the yeah. wilderness. Yeah. And then there's a much better way of going through the wilderness, which mm. we saw in last week's sermon. That's a good, That's point. good point. I, yeah. I I, that flashed through my mind at one point and then I forgot about it. I thought that would have been a good thing to say in my sermon. Oh, well, but just that they, it's almost as if they learned their lesson. And by this point they finally trust, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'll get it next time. They're in, <laughs> they're in battle. Right. Yeah. Moses didn't have, I, I guess I, I'm kind of thinking of Job's friends. Like Job had friends that were trying to help, but right. really weren't helping right. at all. Right, making matters Moses worse. Moses didn't have that kind of friend with him mm-hmm. in this moment on this mountaintop in this battle. He right. had supportive friends. And it made me think about who am I currently going through the wilderness with? Mm-hmm. I probably have the well-meaning friends that maybe aren't necessarily helping me maybe push through or or grow, but are kind of just maybe wallowing with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I have the friends that are supportive and more like her and Aaron. Yeah. 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 Who hey, you're going through it with. This may be appropriate. Um, there's a, a woman who tends grace, who's going through an outrageous level of pain. And I, and it's not just, is this physical? There's relation. It's just a mess. It's so I wrote her a text this morning. I said, holding, well, uh, she, she texted me yesterday. She said, thanks for being one of my banner holders, mm-hmm. Jehovah Nisi. Mm-hmm. I watched online today. I can't stand or raise my hands over my head. So Lord, I do need help. Tears of frustration over the pain and helplessness, self-serving, but honest. So still thankful I'm here, down for now, but not out. He knows my frame. Um, I wrote her back and I said, holding your arms up from a distance. Um, she said, I know. Um, oh, wait a minute. Um, yesterday, the docs were talking about, oh, I'm sorry. Here's what I want you to do. She said, here, here. She's a great writer. Here, period. Still not in control. Still at the mercy of a strength that is not my own. Once again, doing all I can to lean back and receive as a gift the peace that passes all understanding. One day, I might actually know how to lean into him without the striving and the tears flow down my cheeks for him to collect. Mm. Mm. That was a text message? That's a text message. Wow. wow. Yeah, it, it's striking me how uh, brave... Because you you mentioned you call you said that you said that anybody who's standing that's a brave thing to do yeah and it's it's so interesting that we all want to feel uh, community yeah we all do but 
there are there are versions of that woman. There are people who are willing to just openly say, "I need, I need help." There, are, I would say that's a minority. Yeah. Most people um, are like the guy who came up to you in the lobby who said, "I should have gone, but I didn't." Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's so interesting to me that we're all looking for the feeling of feeling supported. We're all looking for the feeling of like somebody else join with me, but it is such a vulnerable thing to do. And all of, and the majority of us, myself included have a hard time being like, I need help. Yeah. Uh, but we're all, it's just interesting that we're all looking for it, but so many of us are like, that's not for me. Like Marin, you said, that's not for me, even though I'm feeling that, you know, like it's just really interesting. The, the, dichotomy is that the right word the the, perhaps the difference of like what we want Mm -hmm. and what we're willing to do yeah you know i think a lot of it is just avoidance because it's easier to stay busy and it's a lot harder to sit in the truth of whatever you're going through yeah especially to invite another person into that yeah um because you don't want to burden them sometimes you don't want to burden them sometimes you don't know if you can yeah um trust them with holding your arms up. That's Mm. a big part of it too. I also think culturally we live in a culture that is highly values self-sufficiency and pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps and solving your own issues. So I think even just without realizing it, we're probably like, I'm not about to show everybody that I'm weak. Mm. I mean, how often are people so ashamed when they find themselves in a place where they need to utilize the care center yeah. I've heard many stories of people who could barely walk in the door because they didn't want to acknowledge the fact that they needed a hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's a cultural thing as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So Moses's staff yeah. is the last thing I want to ask about. Yeah. We talked about it almost every week. Yep. Um, you said it's not like magic. I mean, that's the yeah. whole Gandalf thing, but, right. uh, He's not going to play it again. No. Because you got, no. <laughs> Three times is enough. Yeah. Uh, who's hurt? It's <laughs> uh, a new sound clip. What, can you, can you kind of remind us what the symbolism of that and why we kept talking about his staff? Yeah. And why it's such a prominent thing for yeah. him. So it starts, I didn't mention the very first time we see the staff in use, but it's when Moses is at the burning bush and God is talking to him and he's basically like, how do I know that you are who you say you are? Mm-hmm. And God says, throw your staff on the ground or on the floor. What would you, the ground. And, uh, and he does, and it turns into a snake and he's like, now grab the snake by the tail. And he's like, ah, uh, and he does. And it turns back into the staff. And that was like the first symbol where God was essentially saying, trust me. And then you fast forward. And when he's, when he's, uh, in Egypt and he's trying to, to have Pharaoh relent to get, have the people go free. It's Moses' staff in his hands that he uses over, he points it over Egypt and the plagues start. And each time the plagues start, it's because he's holding yeah. out his staff and it represents God delivering, God working through to do something. And then it's Moses' staff that he holds out to to open up the Red Sea. And it's yeah. Moses' staff that breaks the water or breaks open the rock and brings the water out. And so here it is again, in every one of those stories, it's always a representation of trusting in Yahweh to deliver, mm-hmm. to bring us through, to to provide, to save. And so it's a, I, I've said this several times. Again, I tried to plant a little, little seeds about how to read scripture. And one of those is that God works in object lessons. 
in many many ways where this, I believe, is another one of those object lessons where because the staff symbolizes trust in God's provision or God's deliverance, when it's raised and they're trusting symbolically, they are winning in battle. When it's lowered, mm. which represents not trusting, mm. they're losing in battle. And so it's almost as if God was allowing that to happen purely to set an object lesson in place that would last for generations mm. to show when you trust in God, that is how you see yourself through the yeah. wilderness. It's not, it's not in your own strength. Do you guys think, uh, I th well, the big idea I think of this whole series is basically like that, what you just said, like trust in God is what will get you through the wilderness. Do you guys, uh, do you guys think God uses wilderness to like teach or is it on purpose? Do you, do you know what I mean? Or does wilderness kind of just happen to us and we have to, we have to then decide, all right, now I'm going to have faith. But is it something that God brings us through to teach? It, like what, is there ever a purpose to it other than trying to have more faith, show us that we need to have more faith? I would say there's always purpose through it, not necessarily purpose in it. Meaning, um, in all things, God works for the good of those who are called according to his purposes or love him and called according to his purposes. It doesn't say God causes all things in all things. So when we're going through a wilderness, absolutely there's the opportunity to learn something huge, but I'm, we would have to be, we would have to be able to step into the heavenly realms to be able to say, and God caused that to happen. We won't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I mean cause it. I just mean like he's going to allow us to go through the wilderness to do something mm -hmm. other than just increase our faith. Right. Now, I don't. I don't think I believe that he causes it. But is it ever used? Like the Israelites were trying to be taught something, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which happened to be have more faith, right? Right. Um, but is there ever a time where it's like, uh, some of the some wildernesses maybe like brought on by my own actions mm -hmm. and now I'm all of a sudden in this dry land right I feel like that like it's more to me if I'm in that situation where I've made some bad decisions or whatever the the point could also be not just have faith but could also be like there's a purification that has to happen mm. yeah in me yeah and that's why I'm being allowed to go through this rather than just like God could just like come in and make everything great right but there's a purification process that Sometimes I feel like I have to go through or yeah. be taught yeah. rather than, I don't know. What do you guys yeah. think? I, I agree with that. I, I think generally speaking, there's no ultimate way for us to know. But I also think, I mean, God is a, he's a good father and good parents teach their children. And sometimes you teach your children by doing things that they don't want to do. So, but I, I would never, I would never say that God is causing God does not cause the brokenness of our world. He does not cause illness and pain. I, I don't know. But There's, I'm, I'm seeing points that I could contradict myself from scripture. But I, <laughs> I, I think. Um, yeah, we have a. I mean, let's. I think a, what it comes down to is there's no way to know. Hmm. But but there's always there, in everything. There's always the opportunity. To be purified. Yeah. To be yeah. changed. Yes. There's think, never, yeah. there's never not a time when it can't. So that's why the, the, 
I've said this a billion times. The, the operative question in the middle of the wilderness is not why, but what now? Mm-hmm. That's the question. I'm here. What now? How do I grow? How am I purified? How do I change? How do I trust God? Mm. Not why am I here? Why did that? What did I do to get me here? Um, it's always what now? And that's hard because that's the, I think the natural human thing to say, why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I get it. For me personally, like my wilderness has always come on the heels of me thinking something great about to happen. Uh, <laughs> but like, I'm like, I can feel God is doing something really great in my life. And then smash cut to 18 months later. I'm like, what, where's God? Right. Uh, and looking back, it's like, as I was going through that dry season, I feel like God was almost saying like, yeah, I want to purify you, but you keep trying to do it yourself. Mm. You mm. thought great stuff was happening because you were doing it, but I want to do it. And mm. so I'm going to purify you. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to bring you through this thing that you weren't anticipating necessarily. You thought great stuff's going to happen and great stuff is going to happen only if you let me do it, mm. which I guess is faith. <laughs> yeah. Right. But like, I don't know. I feel like in my experience, having more faith was, was the thing, but it was also like, on the heels of needing to be taught that I can't do things. Well, I guess it's, it, that is the theme that you've been saying this whole time. Like you can't do it on yourself by yourself. You have to have more faith in God. Yeah. Well, he's a God of redemption. Yeah. And so, you know, you might've thought that things were going to be awesome. Smash cut 18 months of yeah. wilderness, but he's redeeming the time and he's redeeming that wilderness and he will cause those things to somehow work together for good. Mm. I, in my wilderness right now, I'm seeing some of the cool things that God is doing in the wilderness. Like we said last week with that Waymaker song we've been sing singing that when we don't necessarily see or feel that he's working, he never stops working. He's always working. Mm. Um, my parents came to visit me this weekend for one night, my mom wanted to see the play. She wanted to see, yeah. you can't take it with you. So my dad drove her up here and my grandma was here. And just the fact that she could get here mm -hmm. is God doing something super cool mm -hmm. in the wilderness. But they told me a story. They've, I've mentioned it on the pod before. God's been so faithful to them in their wilderness. And one of the ways that he has been faithful to them is through a, a friend of theirs who's been supporting them financially um, with X amount of dollars a month or something yeah. like that. But this month that friend had fallen on hard times and had to bring himself to say to my dad, Mark, I just, I'm so sorry. I don't have it this month. And my dad's like, no man, it's cool. It's cool. Don't worry about it. God's going to provide God's got this. Mm -hmm. um, and my dad turned it back around on my, on his friend saying, you have bills you need to pay. What, you can't pay your electric bill? What? And my dad just happened to have that amount of money that had been given to him from somebody else hmm. in his pocket. And he's like, here, man, you take this. You've been giving me money every month. Take this, go pay your bill. And the friend's like, no, you, you lost your job. You have nothing. I can't take that from you. And my dad insisted. And I want to say it was that day or a day later, a different, completely unrelated person came with the exact dollar amount that this friend normally gives. What? Every month. Oh and my, my dad was goodness. just laughing, telling me the story. Cause he's like, isn't it just like God? Isn't that just like God? Wow. Mm -hmm. 
he's doing cool things in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. They're not always that flashy. And that doesn't happen every single day. Yeah. But it does happen. And that's like that cool drink of water mm. in the wilderness that kind of gets you to the next point of rest. Yeah. Gets you to the next pool. So, yeah. I, that's great. I don't think the question is whether he forces us into the wilderness to teach us a lesson. I think the perspective shouldn't necessarily be about that. We could ruminate about that for hours and just go around the mountain in circles forever. I think we should be focusing on how is he redeeming this time? Mm-hmm. Like he's a God of resurrection and things, things will die, but he, he will bring other things to life. He's a God yeah. of redemption. Mm. Um, and his banner over me is love. Ultimately, ultimately, I was just reading that in song of Solomon. He brought me to his banqueting table and his banner over me is love. Well, I loved the series, even though I was home sick with Milo <laughs> on Sunday, but I've loved, I, I, I love all these B, what we, we kind of have put them under the banner of bring your own Bible, bring your own Bible where it's like, we're going deep into what God has to say in specific parts of books of the Bible. And I really like this. I I'm excited to revisit it in February. Is that right? Well, we are going to follow the next step when they reach Sinai and then basically look at the whole law in February. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and next we already talked about it, but we're going to talk about the good life with, as it relates to technology, social media. Yeah. Um, what can people expect? Like what should, what should we be doing right now to be doing what just to like get ready for it? Cause this pod's going to come out (laughs) leading up to the sermon series. I, I, I imagine that this is something that applies to more than just Christians. Right. So like what, what, what are we, what are we hoping to hear or what are you hoping for the people to come here? It's hmm. a good during question. This, this series. I would say I just, as people are getting ready to come to this series, just take a second and think about your relationship to your technology and just contemplate that right now. Like think about how often you're using your phone, how often you're watching Netflix. Like what, what is your relationship to the digital world? And just kind of evaluate that coming into this yeah. series, because um, the the twist that some people might be expe- is not expecting is that I'm not going to be saying this weekend that you have to give up all your technology <laughs> to be a Christian. Yeah. I don't think Thank that's goodness. even. Thank <laughs> I don't think that's a realistic uh, yeah. path forward. So, but it is important <laughs> that we have a healthy relationship with our technology. So that's that. Yeah, something to think about. Why is Marin laughing? I'm just thinking like what that would mean. Like we'd, we'd all go back to hymnals. Yeah. No Ooh, more words on screen. Dave's big into that right now. Not hymnals necessarily, but last week he declared in one of our meetings that we're no longer to use our phones. Oh, I, the I Bible. declared that. Well, what? did I declare that? We can edit we're this no out. We're no longer to use our phones for the. Uh, no, I was. You said you were on a thing where you said, I, I don't like this. Yeah. I, yeah, I. And you passed out Bibles. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need the new King James again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm only kidding. Yeah. No. Um, but the bottom. Yeah. But the bottom line is, yeah, I think Barry's Barry's point is right. Um, we need to do a healthy self-examination. What's uh, what's Paul say? You know, I uh, all things are permissible, but not, mm. you know, not, not all things are beneficial, are beneficial. Mm-hmm. And he said and then he goes on and says, um, uh, all things are permissible, but I will not be mastered by anything. Mm. 
Yeah. And, and that's an issue. If we're mastered by something, yeah, mm, that's mm. a problem. So next week on this pod, um, I should surprise attack you, but I'm going to give you a heads up that we're going to report our phone no, we're time not. usage. I won't, I won't be here next week. What? How do we even do that? <laughs> That's perfect. I'll show you. But we're going to report hours spent per day on phone and what those are spent on. The three Whoa. of us. Oh, no. Yeah. All right. And I, I will commit to not changing my patterns. Yeah. I'm not going to like. Believe God. I am going to believe God. I am not going to. I will use my phone as regular so that we can all have a good long talk. Yeah. All right. Until then, Mary, <laughs> will you please send us out? Do justly, love, mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 